Uh, fortunately, we have smarter people on the phone with us. Some guy used to work right upstairs at Channel 6, Harold Coots, is now at Fox 4 in Kansas City. Save me, Harold, from myself. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> Good. How's everything going on in Tulsa? Well, it would be going fine if I figured out how to talk, but until then, uh, we're just kind of struggling. Now, one thing that we are not doing is wondering about the Kansas City Chiefs because they are as as what they have always been. But I'm a little marveling at this, and you're next to this team and close, and you're at practice, and you see them all the time. Middle of the year, none of us knew. Is this going to be the same Chiefs team? And then they hit the playoffs, and suddenly it all changes. What changed in your mind, or were you this confident all along? No, I was actually fairly confident because of Patrick Mahomes' ability to kind of embrace challenges. And one challenge he never had was a postseason game on the road. He was really excited to go on the road. He wanted to fill the hostile environment. And I think the rest of the team, you know, they follow his leadership too. So when it comes to when you're playing on the road in a place like Buffalo, he was not intimidated one bit. In fact, he probably wanted to up his game. And you saw by the statistics a very clean game he had. Uh, not a lot of passing yards, just over 230-yard passings, but still only four incompletions, um, two touchdowns, clean game. Travis Kelsey got going again with 75 yards receiving and two touchdowns. I mean, it's just when you're on the road, you want your stars to give a star effort, and that's exactly what you saw. What happened in the defense, which has played rock solid all year, in the second half they turned it around, only giving up seven points. The last seven weeks, the most points they've given up in the second half is seven. So, between both of those combinations and Buffalo playing not to not to uh, really not to win that last possession, they were not aggressive as they as they once were throughout the game. It led to the end result. You know, and it's not probably um, a, any coincidence that that defensive performance really started to peak when Chris Jones came back. Yeah, I mean, well, Chris Jones' whole year has been kind of an uh, uh, adventure. When you look at Week One, he he does sits in the he sits in a suite with his agents during week one. He doesn't play in that first game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, and Travis Kelsey wasn't even in that game. But then, you know, he keeps on emerging and emerging. And, and what's really interesting, when, if you really watch Chris Jones, you'll notice on the run plays, not as much effort. But on the pass plays, when there's third downs, gives a lot of effort. So he kind of conserves himself throughout the game. I don't know if that's just because that's what he wants to do, or is that just the way he's planning it out, or he's just tired and, He's like, hey, I'm only saving myself a place. I desperately needed that. But that's kind of the way Chris Jones has played so far. But it's working right now because the other guys on the defensive line have really done really good, too. Guys that you don't hear about much, like George Carlotta, mm-hmm. Mike Dana, Charles Amenehue. Those guys have really stepped up with his presence being double teamed all the time. Yeah, there's no question. We're talking to Harold Coons from Fox 4 in Kansas City covering the Chiefs. He used to work right here at KOTV, the News on 6. I'm Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse at 757. Harold, there's been a lot of criticism over the course of the season about you know the receivers for Kansas City. I think there's been a lot of improvement in that area that's ultimately helped them so far in the postseason. Would you agree with that? If there's been improvement in this particular game, yes. Uh, specifically Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had two massive catches, one on that first drive in the second half where he scored a touchdown where he caught a contested catch. We really haven't seen that much before in the regular season and in the postseason, all of a sudden you get playoff MVS the same way that Chiefs had playoff Sammy Watkins a few years back. So he came up clutch, and obviously the emergence of Rasheed Rice, the rookie from SMU, has really made a big difference. He had 130 yards in the wild card game. Uh, he stepped, stepped up huge. He only had 43 yards receiving, but that's because other teams are starting to recognize they have the key on him too because he is one of the few receiving options on the Chiefs team. 
The other guys have not come through, though. McCole Hartman, Kadarius Tony's been injured. Sky Moore's been injured. Uh, those guys have not come through. So they're really only looking at two, maybe three receiver options. If you look at Justin Watson, he might contribute one or two decent plays per game. Um, so they're limited in their options, but they're making it work because, once again, 15 seems to make that engine go. And they've just been following him all the way along. You know, I, I had a chance to watch Rasheed Rice at SMU, of course, against Tulsa. And knew the guy had a really good skill set, and he's, he's he's sneaky good. He'll roll out there, and yeah, he looks athletic like anybody else. But he's got a little Dan Bitson in him. Suddenly, he's just open, and you know, a little Steve Largent in him. Just suddenly, just open. Beginning of the year, did you expect this from him? And when did he start surprising you? <laughs> In the beginning of the year, he was throwing up during the middle of training camp, and that was all of our questions in the middle of training camp was, man, do you know how to do an Andy Reid training camp up here in Missouri Western State in St. Joe, Missouri? But uh, I don't think we really expected his emergence to be this good. Um, I mean, what's really worked with him is over the course of the season, you see him just been giving some routes like right up the middle, find some soft spots in that zone that teams typically play and 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 we'll get you the ball maybe two three times but now he's emerges wide receiver one because of his understanding one with Patrick Mahomes that he runs routes that the way that Mahomes is going to throw a certain ball a certain way he's going to gravitate toward that ball he's going to run he's going to read the defense and make a route it's very much like Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey has admitted it took him like four or five six years to really get it down pat with Patrick Whereas Rashid, you're seeing him doing it at the end of his first season. So it's remarkable his development from a mind standpoint and how he's read defenses and how he's finding those open spots of defense and how his mind is melted with Patrick Mahomes where he has that trust so he knows that Rashid's always going to be there and available and find those open spaces. That's been the biggest difference for him so far this season. And catch it when it gets there. There's no question. 8 o'clock on the Blitz 1170, speaking with Harold Kuntz. Fox 4 Kansas City, formerly upstairs here at the K- at KOTV, the News on 6. If you have a question for Harold, you're welcome to text it at 918-262-5072. That's our Unropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Before we leave the offensive side, you got to ask about Creed Humphrey and his, uh, Pacheco. I saw, you know, last year when I saw Pacheco, a few times I thought, man, that kid's got a heck of an upside. And then you know, I heard somebody say on the, one of the broadcasts the other day, he runs like a five-year-old. You're trying to put shoes on, like he's just angry and wants to get away. And I thought he was fantastic the other day. And, of course, Creed Humphrey is always fantastic. And Having an Oklahoma guy up there has got to be kind of fun for you. And how big a key has Pacheco been? Uh, well, Pacheco is a big key when they utilize him uh, the way they should utilize him, which is getting him at least 15 carries, getting him involved in the game. When you give him 15 carries, good things normally happen for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I like the analogy that one of the another NFL opposing NFL players said, Pacheco runs like he bites people. I've always thought that was <laughs> hilarious how he runs because it does. He just attacks the grass uh, every time he runs, gets those knees up and everything. But, yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy that is uh, – sorry, I sound like Chris Collins with there. But you're looking, you're looking at a guy that his, his background is, is very interesting. He's had a couple uh, members of his family pass away growing up. Um, and, you know, he runs angry. He runs, he runs angry like a guy who's, who's angry at his past. And, and he, you can tell just by the way he runs. I mean, he's a guy that's at Rutgers. Um, you don't really hear about him too much playing at Rutgers because, of course, you know, Rutgers isn't heard about much when it comes to college football. But they found a seventh-round gym in him, and he's just aggressive and just runs forward. Like, he moves his legs. He turns his legs. That You just watch him run, and you're just like, he never goes backwards. You know, it's, it's rare he goes 
he gets hit, and he's going backwards. If anything, he stays up. So if they establish him, uh, good things usually happen for them because that opens up things in the pass game. That opens up those one-on-one matchups they're good to get in the pass game. And enough when you see Pacheco running, it's just it's good because against Buffalo, he had a great outing. I mean, he his one of his goals entering the season was a thousand yards rushing, and he was really close to it before he got injured. He had 940 yards rushing, I believe. So. He's really close before he gets to it. So now it's just a matter of now they got to feed him. And I think they've recognized that over the course of the year, too, that they've got to feed him, get him involved. That softens things up for the passing game. So is Creed having as much fun as it looks? Yeah, Creed's having a great time. Uh, Creed's enjoying himself. I mean, he's really become more of – he's not only become a fixture of the team, he's really become a fixture in the city, uh, quite honestly. He's, he's promoting barbecue. He's promoting uh, – <laughs> I, I want to say he's promoting – uh, I, I want to make sure I don't get this wrong. He's promoting Jack Stacks along with his dear friend Trey Smith, who's uh, the, the right guard there, uh, who's from the University of Tennessee. They actually played, of course, a couple times when Oklahoma played Tennessee, but they've uh, they've become real good friends. He's enjoying it there, you know. Every now and again, he still goes home in the off season, you know, just hangs out in Shawnee. So <laughs> he's really enjoying himself. I mean, and, and you gotta for, uh, don't forget. I mean, he's not the only guy who's stepping the ball either, because James Winchester. Is the long snapper, and he's also an Oklahoma guy. So uh, I think he's from Washington, Oklahoma, if I believe. So it, it's uh, and he played for the Sooners too. So yeah, I mean, if you're snapping the football, you're from Oklahoma. If you play for the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> but uh, uh, Creed Creed's having a wonderful time. He's become a fixture in the community. Uh, can't say good enough things about him. He's just he's just been a, the anchor of that offensive line, which has been really solid. Um, I thought he could have been All Pro this season. Uh, he'll be a Pro Bowler, but. He definitely thought he could have been an all-pro, but Joe Tooney, he's an all-pro. Now, he's a little skeptical because he's got a pec injury, but it's only a strained pec, so maybe he can take, give it a go on Sunday. Uh, we'll see. But, yeah, he's been an anchor of a very strong offensive line. He has. It's just so much fun to watch him, too. He just plays with such joy. A couple more moments here with Harold Coots from Fox 4 in Kansas City as we talk about the Chiefs. You know, you turn to Baltimore, and certainly it's another road challenge, and I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will want to face that challenge. But this is a different team. This is one of the better two defenses in the NFL, in my opinion, along with the, the Niners. I know the Chiefs have been playing well, but this, this team is, I mean, it's not quite the Ray Lewis group, but it's not far off. And Lamar Jackson is playing on a different level. How do you break this one down? Well, they faced uh, a quarterback at Josh Allen that was mobile, that could run over you and throw the ball well. Well, now they're facing a quarterback that is mobile but can – embarrass your ankles and also throw the ball pretty well too and the receivers uh is one thing where you've got Nelson Aguilar, Odell Beckham, a couple other guys they don't have like a true number one it seems like and they're getting some guys back like they get that Duvernay back a couple others so um Legereus Sneed is a, is a quarterback to know for the Chiefs he's been kind of the guy that's sticking on most teams number one receiver um but I think all these guys are pretty equal when it comes to receiving so we'll see how that works out with them I mean Baltimore Everything you look at statistically says they should win this game by a couple touchdowns. I mean, the way they've blown out opponents and their common opponents with the Chiefs is the Chiefs have beat the, beat, beat the teams, but the Baltimore Ravens have absolutely blown out the teams. And they're a big second-half team just like the Chiefs are. So I think this is going to come down to who executes better in the second half. Uh, I can see a close game coming, but in the second half, what, what gives? This Baltimore plays really well in the second half. The Chiefs defensively play very well in the second half. And, of course, the usual things in playoffs of turnovers and, and penalties and special teams 
Um, the Chiefs have benefited from other teams' special teams not being good. It's Buffalo with the fake punt, the missed field goal. Uh, but Baltimore, you know, they've given up the kickoff return, so they're skeptical there. So we'll see uh, what happens with those three things I just listed there. But, yeah, it, it's going to be by far and away uh, their toughest game of the season. And quite frankly, I think since Patrick Mullins has been there from a postseason standpoint, I think it's his second biggest challenge. The first biggest would be in the Super Bowl where he's playing with a B-string offensive line uh, in that game against Tampa Bay. So I think this is his second biggest challenge. Who are you taking? Again, everything says Baltimore. Um, the, 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 the spread, the, the spread's even going up. I think it's up to four now. It started mm-hmm. at three. I mean, everything says Baltimore. So, I mean, smart money says Baltimore, quite frankly. But uh, this is a Chiefs team that, you know, the postseason Patrick Mahomes is just different. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to quantify it. He's only played two bad halves his entire professional year in, in football. You've got the first half against New England in this first AFC Championship game, and then that second half where they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals uh, in the AFC Championship. That's, the, that's it. Those are only two bad halves he's played. Yeah. So, or purely bad halves he's played. So he's going to have to give a four-quarter game, obviously, uh, to do it. But, I mean, again, smart money says Baltimore here. I just wouldn't be surprised if she's won. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be either. All right, so what's the whole Taylor Swift thing been like this, this year for you? And are you tired of it yet? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's just, it, I think right now, it, it, if, in Kansas City, it really is it's just it's become commonplace. Like, she walks in, she has a new design, she'll embrace taking the pictures before she goes into the suite, and she takes her seat, seat in the suite and usually sits in, in the Kelsey suite, um, you know, um, Mama Kelsey, Donna will be there, and Ed will be there, and and usually Brittany Mahomes walks over. That's Patrick's wife. Mm -hmm. They'll walk over, and you'll see another celebrity every now and again. I mean, it's kind of one thing where you're just like, all right, you're kind of a member of the kingdom now. Um, So she walks in, and she does a little thing. She shows off a new jacket that we haven't seen before. It's a designer (laughs) and costs more than our weekly salary, and walks on up to the suites. I mean, but now when when you go to opposing stadiums, that's when it's different because everybody will ask you, where's Taylor? Where's Taylor? They got to see Taylor. Oh, my God, Taylor. So um, we're kind of used to it now, but other teams and other, like, other stadiums, they freak out when they know that the potential of Taylor Swift is going to be sitting in their stadium. Yeah. They freak out. Yeah, people come just to see that. All right, two things before you go. Number one, I thought this was really interesting. I saw a lot of, of reporting yesterday on who's going to be officiating this game, and the guy in charge is Sean Smith. Now, at most, when most officials are in charge, the home team wins at about a 56% rate. When Sean Smith is in charge, the home team wins at a 41% rate. There are people already reading into that because, as you know, Harold, from being there, yeah, you know there are people of, uh, who already say Patrick Mahomes gets every call. He's the Jordan of football. Do you see that as anything, or you think that's being overplayed? You can also use the effect of Sean Hockey. We refereed the Bills game. He's mm-hmm. one and three with Bills games and eight and two in Chiefs games. They've yep. um, been very favorable to the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs have a guy, too, Carl Sheffers. That's the guy they can't stand. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, no, I can see it. I can see people reading into the tea leaps. I, I sure can. I mean, Sean Smith has a history of Chris Jones. I know uh, there was a game in Indianapolis once where he kind of threw a phantom unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Chris Jones. And that impacted the game, a game that they ended up losing, actually, in the regular season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see why fans say that. I, I, I can. I, I, I mean, I'm not oblivious to the fact that I can see why they want that. I mean, 
Does the NFL want the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Absolutely. 110% yes. Uh, do they want the Ravens in the Super Bowl? They're, they're fine with it. Um, but, yeah, I definitely know they want the Chiefs because they're, they're the it team right now. They're pretty much Hollywood when they come there. Uh, they've got the celebrity power now at Taylor um, and the things in Vegas, too. Uh, and the last time they won, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, which, of course, was last season. All they did was go to Vegas and party for the next week. <laughs> so they already have the parties ready. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, that, that everybody's going to read into it, and there's favorable matchups. Yeah. But, again, to beat the best, you got to be the best. Yeah. And that's what Baltimore's going to do on Sunday. All right, so very last thing. To me, yeah, games are fine, but it's about Friday night dinner or Saturday in the press box. LC's, Arthur Bryant's, Joe's, Chef T's, Big T's, Gates. Best barbecue up there? Uh, for me, Q39. Um, it's kind of been to go to. I haven't been there in a while. I haven't really had barbecue in a while. I'm trying to trip down a bit. But, um, but when I first got here, Q39 was good. And I'm glad you mentioned LC's. LC's is pretty good. There's Love a place it. across from the call. Big T's. That's also pretty good. Um, they're pretty solid, and then there's other low key places oh, yeah. out there that are that are not not bad. I mean, there's a there, we went to a place up near the airport the other day that was really good. Um, hangar barbecue for obvious reasons because of the airport hangar. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of places out there uh, that are really good. Um, we live in North Kansas City, and there's another place that's called uh, uh, Hog Jaw. It's really good. So, and um, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, I kind of liken it to going to New Orleans for just in general food. But you can't really go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a bad place to eat. Um, you know, and like, say, if you live in California or something, every barbecue place here is better than any California <laughs> barbecue place. So, like, you're getting, you're getting treated no matter what. So, yeah. um, now there's some places that are like, okay, it ain't that great. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would say Q39. That's usually the place that I suggest for people. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of LCs, and I know it. You know, the, at least the old location wasn't fancy or anything. But the first time I was in there, LC himself was in there, and I had a nice long conversation. And just loved it. Yeah, LC passed away. Unfortunately, yep. Mr. Yep. LC Richardson passed away in '91. But yep. uh, that place is still at the same place and looks the exact same. <laughs> it's it when you when you drive up, you might look and go, "Really? Do I want?" Yeah, but you do. Trust mm-hmm. me, you want to go in. Uh, Harold, always fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. I know you're having a great time up there. I hope you keep that up. Harold was always a great guy here at uh, KOTV and now at Fox 4 in Kansas City. We appreciate your time, son. All righty. Appreciate it, guys. You betcha. Harold Coots from Fox 4.